0: Today we have the inspirational Muffy Churches, who is an executive coach, keynote speaker and leadership specialist. She is also the author of Coach Yourself, a seven-step guide to personal fulfillment and she is also the director of Beyond Focal Point. Muffy's fascination is with the power behind our mindset, the notion that what we think is what we experience. She knows firsthand how our default thought patterns affect our personal and professional performance, and how important it is for us to move from self limiting negative thoughts to ones that are positive. With an initial career as a professional dancer and with a master's thesis, From UCLA titled The Psychology of Performance, her world has been immersed in an attraction to explore the ingredients of a great performance and what it is that allows us to function at our peak with family, friends or at work as opposed to being hobbled by any variety of mental barriers that reduce our effectiveness. Essentially, what new thinking will allow us to maximize our potential and lead the confident, self-fulfilling life that we envision. It's time to tune into that one, fun, inspirational woman, Muffy. Enjoy. Enjoy. Today we have a very special guest for you. We have Muffy Churches. Welcome to Iron Warm Project.
1: Hi, Catherine. How are you?
0: I'm really good, thank you. I've got this big smile on my face. For our listeners, Muffy and I were having a bit of a chat before we got on the show and we were just uh, discussing how very similar we are. So it's going to be a lot of fun, I think.
1: I think so too. I can't wait.
0: Yeah. So Muffy, for our listeners, let's unpack Muffy and uh, let's uh, hear your story. What's your story?
1: Well, let's see. Let me just think. If I if I kind of take us back to university years, you know, I when I was young, I loved to dance, and so the early little Muffy was a little ballerina, and ended up getting my university degrees in it. I've got a a degree of a master's in performing arts from UCLA, and it was an awesome experience. We had some incredible professional dancers who were there as master coaches and teachers. It was amazing. And I, I actually just took it from there professionally. So I ended up doing some television, some NBC work. I ended up in Las Vegas, of all places, working for MGM and Siegfried and Roy and a lot of the big shows up there. And I ended up dancing until I was in my mid-30s. I just adored it. It was like a, a magical life. And then at one stage, I had two boys, two young boys, I think they were four and seven. And my husband at the time was Australian. So we ended up moving down to Sydney, and um, put the boys in school. I got a little bit edgy for something to do. Because you know, as a dancer, mid 30s, you're retired, that's pretty much it unless you want to teach. And so I Kind of scratched my head and, and, and I started a little bit of a business, like a a lingerie manufacturing business. And that, that went for about a year and a half and it was really fun. It fit into, you know, the times that the kids were at school and it allowed me to be a mom and a, and have a a little professional, little business at the same time. It was magical. And then sort of a long story, but that morphed into corporate training. <laughs> Funny kind of a morph, I know, but it yeah, ended up in corporate training um, and worked for probably, oh goodness, I think 12 or 13, 14 years with a large global training company. And, you know, I would consult and sell training. I de- sort of um, developed the training programs, all soft skills stuff. Um, and then I would deliver the programs, we were global, so I was flying around doing all this stuff, and then in, in the middle of all of this, I started coaching some of the senior leaders so that they would better understand how to help maintain some of the information that their staff had been trained up with, ended up getting a diploma in coaching from Sydney Unit, and, uh, and, and ended up getting a counseling degree as well because I was enjoying that one-on-one um, interaction so much. And I as you know with coaching, it you tip over. It's not just, you know, you move away from the professional topics and you're always tipping over into really personal, um, sort of deeper material, really. And so I got the the counseling diploma just to make sure that I was I was in the right space, doing the right thing. And at some stage about five or six years ago, I decided to pull away from the comfort of the corporate. Uh, world and and just open my own company and me, only just so that I could make personal choices all the time in terms of what I the, the jobs that I accepted because I wanted a, a really major focus on the executive coaching and some of the leadership workshops that I love to run. so I've been doing that since about 2011 I think and um, in the process uh, about a year ago I ended up writing a book, Called Coach Yourself. And that's probably a separate topic, but I I wrote it as an outgrowth of loving the coaching so much uh, on a one on one basis, you know, with someone just that fulfilling sensation of being able to watch them develop and change and transform in just the way that they've always wanted to. That I thought, you know, I want this to be scalable. I want this to be available to lots of people at one time. So I, I, to set upon the project of, you know, sort of putting together a book that laid out a process for if you want to coach yourself, if you want to make change happen, here's a seven-step process to follow to um, to do that. So I wrote that book, and so bringing you up to date now, I'm sort of, you know, in the process of launching it and doing a lot of fun media work because of it, and it sort of introduced me to a lot of radio and some television and just commenting on various topics that have to do with mindset, which is my, my big thing. And I know, Catherine, it's your big thing as well. Um, yeah. And so, so here I am and I'm lucky enough to be chatting with you and your audience. And I'm a lucky girl.
0: Mm. <laughs> Wow, there's so, there's so many things. So first of all, there was the dance piece, which I also yeah. love to dance. I used to go uh, to Tony Barticcio many moons ago, um, and and it's the same thing that you go dancing all these years. There, all of a sudden, you go to school and you realize like everyone's like eighteen, and you're like in your thirties. All yeah. of a sudden, things change. But you know, I think it's I, I still love dancing today. I don't do it enough, mm-hmm. um, but um, I just think it's um, it's one of those things that it. it I don't think there should be an age. I think if you enjoy dancing, you just dance until, you know, however old you are. I think that was one of the things, but I, I related to what you were saying because it happened to me as well.
1: Ah, uh, interesting. I, yeah, yeah. And
0: I love the, the, well, when you went from, uh, lingerie to corporate, that was a massive transition, massive transition. Y-
1: yeah. That was a biggie. I mean, there's, it's kind of a funny story. I mean, I mean, if we may as well chat about it because yeah. I think. If in if any of your listeners are you know in the because I know a lot of us as women you know we have our children and sometimes even if we've had a career beforehand there's that making that step from being a mom to getting back into a job and I don't know we're different people we sometimes lose a level of confidence about you know can I really go back to work and I don't want it to be what it was but what can I do and so I I'll, I'll share what happened to me so I'm here in Sydney the kids are in school as I was saying to you and um i was trying my best to be a mom doing the luncheons and playing bridge just doing doing things that were fun but for me i was i was getting a little bit edgy and i was sitting at a luncheon there was a lovely lady sitting across the table from me and i was just making conversation i said so you know tell me about you what do you, what do you do with your day and what's going on and she said well i have never been happier in my life she said you may laugh I am baking bread and loving it. She said, I get up at four o'clock in the morning. I get into the kitchen. I create these beautiful loaves of bread. Now this goes way back. This is about 25, maybe 30 years ago before we could go in and buy Kalamata olive bread. Right. So Mm. she was, she was one of the first ones to be doing this. And she talked about how she tied it up with bows. And anyway, she sold it to the queen street um, delis. And she said, it's not about money. It's about loving what I'm doing, and something I have a passion for, I've never been happier. And my comment to her was, Oh, my God, that's exactly what I need. I want something like that for myself right now. And the woman sitting next to me said, we had been chatting, by the way, over lunch about my time in Las Vegas, and the costumes and the big stages and the experience of the dressing rooms and things. And so she said to me, you know, Muffy, I just read a book about starting up being an entrepreneur and starting up your own business. And one of the things I remember reading was, you can do anything you want to as long as you've got a passion for it and you know a little bit about it. So she said, what do you have a passion for? What do you know a lot about? And just kidding, seriously, I was just joking with her. Because of our conversation, I said, I know (laughs) G-strings because we've (laughs) we've been talking about underwear that was suitable for underneath all these giant costumes that you wear that weigh a ton, but if you're a swing dancer, which I was at one stage, you have to take someone else's role on stage every night. So you wear their costumes. And we needed these special little gorgeous G-strings that were adjustable to hip height and width and stuff. And the dressers backstage used to make these for us so that we could come in, buy one for a dollar and you know, buy as many a week as we wanted to. So I was joking about, well, I know G-strings. And and we started laughing together. But then I walked away from that lunch and I Couldn't stop thinking about it. So I went to David Jones. I went to Myers, which was Grace Brothers then, I think. And, um, you know what? I, I couldn't find any. They just weren't, we weren't pumping them out back then. So I thought, well, that's it. I found a need and a little niche in the market. I'm going to go for it. So I I think it took me about three months, to be honest. But I designed these gorgeous little G-strings. They were really frilly, and they had big bows on them. We could not wear them under the clothes that we wear. You know, we wear gorgeous sort of tight nylon-y things now. But they were sort of like Saturday night G-string for under your jeans kind of thing. Mm. So I went to the Sydney Sock Shop, and I and I went in really shyly, and I just thought it'd be really fun if I could sell two or three. And she asked me how fast I could make them. So oh, we wow, we started this crazy business, and it went really well. And so somewhere along the line, it was also kind of hard work, you know. But it, but that's fine when you love what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and somewhere along the line, about two years down the track, um, just at the time where I, I was questioning because. They had come to me, the sock shop came to me and they said, look, we really like the G-strings, but we'd like you to create more stuff now. We we want to offer you a full line, bras and matching panties, maybe even G-strings for men, you know, gift sets. And I, I wasn't trained as a designer. I was lucky to have pumped out that one design for the G-string. And so this was a beautiful offer, but I was really I was really a bit nervous about where do I take this now? Um, And in the meantime, a girlfriend called me up and she was talking about having to give a a, sort of a a presentation to a group of HR directors down in the city on the topic of managing complaints. And um, she said, I don't know anything about complaints. I don't know what I'm going to do. I said, well, interview me. I know everything there is about complaints. Not so much about the G strings, but I had a year in between. <laughs> <laughs> Truly, they were one size fits all. I was surprised <laughs> I never had any complaints. But, but I had a job with a plastics company just after I graduated from uni before I went in and was working as a professional dancer. And believe it or not, I was an escalated complaints manager for this plastic. It was the funniest thing. But anyway, it paid off because she said, well, no. I'm not going to interview you. You give the speech. So I stupidly or bravely or whatever we can call it said, okay. And, um, I gave this presentation and then I had people coming up and sort of saying, that's, gee, that's really fresh material. Could you come run a workshop for us? And my next question was, what's a workshop? <laughs> you know, anyway, so that's how all of that started. And I realized that I, if I, you know, I could work in a corporate space, I could create workshops and repeat them. And I, you know, it was sort of like I was ready to move on from cutting the, the lace and the fabric. And this just seemed like the next exciting step. So that's where it all started.
0: What a fabulous story. I just love it. Absolutely love it. And I'm sitting here with a big smirk on my face because it's just, uh, sometimes these things happen. You just go with the flow in life and you're at the right place at the right time and you're doing the thing that you're meant to be doing, obviously.
1: <laughs> I think that's probably right. We just transition, don't we? We just trust ourselves, I think, to morph. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So true. And I think the other thing that you brought up, which is um, uh, something I did want to talk about, there is a big difference between counseling and coaching. How do you go between, uh, do you find that sometimes in your sessions you go from one to the other or you're very clear about this is counseling and this is coaching and you separate the two in a session?
1: I I don't separate it all Catherine I have to say I I I feel like all the skills that I know from coaching all the skills from counseling all the skills that are just you know mindset magic that I have read over the years and stuff that I love and think about it's like I've got them all in one big bag and I literally just spontaneously Pull something out in the moment when it seems appropriate and I kind of trust myself to go there. And I remember someone asked me one day, they said, Can you tell me what's your, what model do you use? And I, I was lost for an answer because I, I thought, well, I don't rely on just one model. I've got kind of a thousand or I make them up or whatever. Um, and, and, and then someone else came up to me and, and she was, had started and I think it was out of London. They're called the Integrated integrative coach—they call themselves integrative coach therapists, I think—and mm. she—and and that's exactly what they're describing. They're saying we're kind of a—we're an integration of lots of different sort of disciplines, and—and and that's the term that they'd use for themselves. So I—I I guess I could use that term. That's what I do. I integrate lots of different things. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and I, I think that that's also very important. It really depends on—you know—you just got to be present with your coachy, and depending yeah. on where this takes you, you've just got to, you know, just go with it and use yeah. whatever comes to mind at that time.
1: That's right, yeah. Uh,
0: and the other thing you were talking about is your book, of course. I'm going to deep dive into this self-coaching. And so I, I know that you and I both very much into mindset um, and for me uh, the curiosity that I have right now is how do you do self-coaching yeah. when you have these unconscious beliefs that you're not even aware of, that sometimes it takes someone externally mm. to shine that light on that blind spot and says, hey, do you realize you said blah, 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 blah.
1: Yeah. yeah. That that is, that is the big quandary. And that was what stopped me for months starting to write the book. I had the book in my mind. I knew I wanted to write it, but I was trying to work out and and you and I both know how important it is to be present with someone face to face for mm-hmm. those reasons, and that intuitive um, glance or that that you know some, that energetic something that you pick up that allows you to work from. And I thought and here I am kind of trusting that people will be able to to do this for themselves. Mm-hmm. So, so what actually happened was I um, I started to. I'm just going to turn this off so we don't hear any more ringing bells. If you heard that. Did no, you hear a little? No, oh, you no, didn't? Oh, good. Okay, no. good. All right. Um, so what I did in the end, Catherine, is as opposed to just writing chapters, I ended up turning the book into a workbook. So I I sort of thought, if I were sitting with this person coaching them, what are the sorts of questions I would ask them so that they could ponder those deeper, darker places within themselves? Mm. Um, how can I take them to that place um, as best as possible to help them you know, turn over that leaf or that stone inside that they don't want to turn over. But they might think about it because they're, they're sort of, there's a question right there on the page. Um, and they're safe in their own space, in their own world. They don't have to write it down. Nobody has to see it. And if they're willing to be open and honest with themselves, then, um, then they come up with some fairly good answers. So I think, I yeah, I, I can't say that we can replace the present real life person. And I certainly wouldn't want to be replaced because I love the coaching itself, the action of it, the activity of it. But I think we can help people start to to question their mindset. You know, they can start to ask themselves questions such as, what thinking is working for me and making me comfortable and helping me do the things that I want to do? And what are the thoughts that I have that are that seem to be programmed into my head that are actually limiting me. What are they? You know, what do I believe about myself that's not helping me? Mm. So just by asking those questions on the page, um, that allows them then to sort of deep dive and consider as much as they possibly can, without being challenged by an outside person, which is better. But you know, they'll go as far as they're willing to go um it allows them to do that.
0: Mm, I love that. And I think that it's, uh, it's 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 like journaling. I think I always say it's the if you write ask your mind or ask yourself the right question, an insightful question, your mind will always give you an answer even and if it's not straight away, but you know, it might be a day or two days later whether it comes yeah. in conversation or so I I do love that, but I was just curious because it's been one of those conversations uh, that quite often comes up with self coaching. So, uh, one of the things that, um, I've done as well is just done this online coaching program, but you do it on your own and it's similar, um, uh-huh. to, to what you're talking about. Um, but I guess that the difference is, um, it, it's, it's absolutely, you're unpacking your mindset, unpacking what's, what's in there. And that's the way I see it. So I do love that. I was just curious as to how, Uh, It works for you, and how you've put it together so that people keep moving forward uh, with this seven step coaching um book that you've put out which which i'm curious coach yourself what are the seven steps if you could talk us through the high level seven steps
1: sure yeah so it's just it's a process that you know essentially we would follow a similar process as coaches in terms of the way we would work through a a coaching session but essentially the first thing um to do is to have a look at our current reality so it's where am i right now um you know what's working for me, what's not working. And essentially, it's that first step is taking us kind of scanning our world to find out what is it that I would like to be different? Yeah. And then once you can nail that down, and so in the book, for instance, I would ask a zillion questions and and a zillion categories, you know, is it relationship? Is it work? Is it, you know, pick one for now and, and, and sort of deep dive and kind of just scan your emotions, which one feels a little bit uncomfortable? Why do you think it feels uncomfortable? What relationship in that space might be uncomfortable? Or what's the circumstance? So just get them to, to focus in on that. Then step two is about envisioning what they want. So if this, is, if this is what I want to be different, well, what do I want it to really look like? You know, what would the ideal be? Yeah. So it's, it's, it's getting really clear. So they're envisioning sort of exercises and meditations in there just so that we can, each individual can go to that place of the ideal, because we can't, we can't change efficiently, as you know, without knowing what we're working toward. So, so that's a second step. The third step is about examining barriers, you know, so what's holding me back? What has been holding me back from being this ideal or making this change in the past and um so it's it's about searching for um you know the 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 mindset limiting mindsets and programming that we were talking about earlier that actually stop us or limiting us or limit us from moving forward and doing the things that we want to do and it's examining those thoughts such as you know i'm not good enough or I'm not smart enough or I'm not deserving all the self esteem stuff that, that we grow up with sometimes that, that gets in our way. So it's identifying those barriers because before we can move forward, we've actually got to knock those down in some way. We've got to replace them with some really effective, productive, positive thinking. Um, then the fourth step is about looking for options. So, now that I know what I want to change, now that I know what my ideal is, now I've got an idea as to how I need to shift my thinking to make it happen, what can I sort of entertain as some new stuff to be and do and think and act on, right? So it's kind of a creative step where it's about um, pondering and, and collecting lots of options. And then the next step, the fifth step, is about kind of creating a a, a really nice clear-cut strategy for change. So, okay, now I know what I wanna do, let me work out how I'm gonna do it, when I'm gonna do it, what it's gonna look like, how can I break my my goal down into tiny steps, where do I start, where do I finish, here's my strategy and, and I'll start moving toward it. So that step five is actually creating that strategy and and starting to actually behave and think in this new way. Um, so there's lots of experimentation about getting out in the world and being this different us you know Um, then the sixth step is more about celebration it it's it's a reminder that once you've been out there acting differently behaving differently thinking differently we need to appreciate what we've done what we've achieved we need to look back on it and and you know, even just flick back through the workbook pages if they want to and think about where they, where they started and how far they've come and ponder the difference in their life. You know, has this effort that I've made been worth it? Can I see that, that, you know, there's been real value in making this? And, and am I actually working toward exactly what I wanted to work toward? And is it starting to happen? You know, so am I thrilled about this? And am I ready to start something new and different? So, and the very last step, which is step seven, is called maintenance, and that's sort of offering like a little booklet of tips as to what to do to help ourselves maintain those shifts and changes that we've we've worked on for ourselves. Things to look out for, um, even things you know, in terms of perseverance and slipbacks, being ready and accepting of slipbacks because they're normal and natural and how to cope with them. Um, just know it's part of the deal. Um, what are some of the other things to look out for? It's maybe the old programming popping back in. That's okay. You know, settle it down and, and start fresh. So it's just, it's, it's about how to hold on to what you've achieved. Um, and then a suggestion that when you're ready, you can start with the next issue. Because for me, it's constant. You know, this beautiful evolution of the soul and the self it, it, it's like a project for me and I, I enjoy it so much that I kind of work on one thing and then I start on another. does seem to be an endless pool of available topics for me. So, you know,
0: yeah, and for everybody. Yeah, I love it. I love this. <laughs> yes. And I love the word ponder and pondering. It's really, it uh, just... takes you away doesn't it it's almost like uh, daydreaming it's that kind of that feeling and and the maintenance part I find it's it's key and I think this is where a lot of us fall down is how do we sustain our change and keep it going, and and the only way to do that is to keep checking in with ourselves. How are we going? So we're not going back to that. You know, maybe the old limiting belief that we've been carrying for the last forty years or something. So mm. I love the maintenance piece. I love the seven, seven steps. So thank you Great. so much for sharing. Oh, that. pleasure. Well, I have a pleasure. So, Murphy, during your whole journey, what has been some of your greatest learnings?
1: Oh wow! Well, you know, I have to say first, you know, just in general, I, I've probably learned more from coaching others about myself, um, and and I guess a lot of my learning comes from that because I, I find that there isn't anything that any of my clients have gone through or are going through that I can't relate to myself. And I, I think the process, and I, I wonder you may feel the same, Catherine. The process that we take someone else through, we're we're actually shadowing their steps. For, for us as well. So it's, you know, they're developing, I'm developing. That's, that's sort of the way I see it. But I think I think one of the, the major um, aha moments for me, if that's what we want to call it, something really big that hit me, oh, it might have been 15 years or so ago. I, I just remember coming up against a uh, Mike Dooley I don't know if that's a a name that's familiar to the audience or to you but he's an author and a speaker and he's got this phrase where he says thoughts become things so choose the good ones and it was all about understanding that what we think you know literally our thought process everything that's flipping through our head is actually creating our reality and our experience for us so if i'm not happy with my experience if i'm if i'm suffering or i'm you know angry all the time or if i'm a glass half empty person or if you know if i've got some really aggravating relationships well the important thing for me is to know that i all i need to do to feel better is shift the way I perceive these things, shift my thinking and all will change. So that for me was probably the biggest aha. And I I was able to, using that um, understanding, I was able to turn a lot of things around in my life that I needed to turn around. But I, I just hadn't quite known that I could or, you know, I, I don't know. I think most of us tend to endure an awful lot. Maybe we're sort of brought up to it. Well, you know, life isn't perfect. So just you kind of, it's the hand you're dealt. You just sort of endure what you've got. But no, not at all. In fact, you know, we're, we're absolutely empowered to, to make new choices and take personal responsibility to change anything that we want to. And I, I think that's probably been my biggest wow.
0: Mm, I I absolutely agree with you and I actually uh, resonate with what you were saying before because I say the same thing. Every time I am Sitting in front of somebody, a a coachee, for example, and I'm going through a coaching session. It's almost like there is a mirror right yeah. up in front of me. That's and right. It is, it's that shadow coaching, and yeah. I always walk away learning something from that experience. Always, mm-hmm. so yeah, I love I that. Yeah, I feel yeah. like it's a, it's like I'm getting the benefits of coaching as well because I'm. I feel like I'm getting coached at the same time.
1: I know. We're so lucky. It's an mm. amazing profession. It really is.
0: Mm, absolutely. So the other thing that we love to ask our woman of inspiration, Mafia, is pain points. And every business and every entrepreneur has pain points. What yeah. would be some of your biggest pain points in business?
1: I think I try to do too much and be too much, Catherine. I wear too many hats. Um, I mean, it's one thing if, you're, if you are are if you you have your own company or your own business. Yeah, you, you definitely are going to wear a lot of hats um, until, until you're You know, if if you enlarge your business and you can afford to hire employees, or if you choose to to have a team, that's a different thing. But I think for me, what I mean by wearing different hats is, I love so much about the last twenty years of my professional experience that I haven't wanted to sort of pull any of it away from what I do. So I've got this, and I and I really count myself lucky because I've I've had this wonderful experience of having been. A trainer, a corporate trainer. So I, I'm familiar with a lot of soft skills topics. I've written programs for about 30 over the years, maybe more. Um, you know, but along with that comes the ability to, to run webinars, comes the coaching um comes the ability to develop an e-learning online program. So I've got all of these different things that I can do. And I have beautiful relationships with customers. And they may know me from 15 years ago. So they'll come to me with a request for something that may be something that I did for them many years ago. And I'll take it on. And I, I think what I'm saying to you is I've had an identity crisis. You know, I, I laugh when I look back over the last six years when I pulled away and started my own company. I've gone through... I can't tell you how many website look and feels I've morphed through because at at first I I thought I I want to be available purely to the individual for coaching and then it was more about well but I'm really coaching executives more than and so then I sh- I shifted it to a more corporate look and then pretty soon I realized I was cutting out the corporate you know all the leadership training and I needed that so I changed the website again so it, my problem has been lack of clarity and identity um, and just learning along the way that it's really important to create a crisp identity. You can still do all those other things if you want to, but you've got to have, you've got, pe- you've got to have people look at you and, and get what you do. <laughs> mm. <laughs> you know, I, it's that's it. Yeah, so confusion, I suppose, is what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. I
0: think that's a, that's a normal. Um, you know, I think we all go through that. You know, trying to. I think we evolve and, you know, it could be that, you know, I mean, I can relate to what you were saying. I mean, it's very corporate, but then I'm, you know, I'm very also into my spirituality, so yeah. I love meditation and mindfulness and I've I've merged that with the corporate stuff. And so, you know, quite often I, I was doing the same thing. But at the end of the day, it was just like, it's just about being me. Just be yourself. Don't yeah. Don't focus on what your market is. Just be who you are. And yeah. I think that that changed uh, the way that I was, because I cha- I don't know how many times I've changed my website over the years, <laughs> uh, but I think it was just finding and being comfortable in your own skin. Yeah. And I think once you're comfortable in your own skin, it doesn't matter what you do, what your profession yeah. is, what your market is, you are Muffy, I am Catherine, and people yeah. come to you because of who you are.
1: That makes so much sense. That's that's. Where were you three years ago, Catherine? Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I, you couldn't help me. Heaps. <laughs> yeah. No, you're you're so right. I think I think that's it, and I think that's probably it's maybe taking me a little bit of time to kind of find that that specific me and settle into it, and and just move forward in that. I think actually in the last couple of months that started that's beginning to happen. Mm. I had a I had a big operation right in the middle of all of this about three years ago and I have to say that that kind of put the brakes on an awful lot of things but it actually um it actually helped me re how can we how can I put it sort of rebuild I -hmm. suppose start fresh rebuild so even I don't know why I mentioned this but I think just sometimes you know we never know in life when something big is going to sort of put the brakes on and um it's I'd say it's probably not for a bad reason you know, no. I think it. Yeah, I it. Um, I had my whole back. Um, um, I've got all titanium rods now, mm. so I've just the whole thing is fused. So I have very little flexibility. So it was a really big ten-hour operation. But what it did for me is it it made me slow down. I think mm. I was moving too fast, um, trying to do too much, and so that was a bit of a gift. Yeah. And so I've had a couple of years now to kind of recuperate. Learn to kind of walk again because they restructure you so dramatically that you have to kind of start fresh. Um, but it's also, I think, finding my identity in, in the corporate space or the private space as well. It's been a part of this, you know, sort of transitioning into what you, what you're calling. Who am I? You know, who is that me that I want to be comfortable with?
0: Yeah. yeah, and you know, I always I always believe that something, you know, everything happens for us, and um, I didn't have a major operation like that, but I remember um, it happened to me probably about 18 months ago, I had three hernias and a gallbladder taken uh-huh. out, Oh, good. so yeah. no, no, but it was fine, but it actually did knock me, you know, it just put me in bed, and it yeah. was interesting how um, when I had the opportunity to lie in bed, while I was on endo, mind you, um, I I was lying there thinking, uh, how did it get to this, Catherine? And really, it's because I wasn't listening to the signs. I was doing, you know, a million things, going a million miles an hour, yeah. and it's just sometimes, uh, you know, whatever you want to call it, the you know, greater, greater source, universe, whatever you want to call it, it, says, you know what, Catherine, you've been ignoring the signs. It's time to slow down, and and sometimes that's when we go through these major shifts you know mindset shift. I'm talking about where we start looking at life and I know that for me it's it's all about life now I mean it's not about work it's about life and I actually have more of a balance now than I ever did before but it took that to happen before I was able to go you know um you know plan my life in into my work
1: well, I, I'd have to agree a hundred percent because I think that's exactly where this operation took me as well, and I love the fact that I had the opportunity to do that. So, and and having this conversation about, you know, being able to identify who we are and what we're comfortable with, that's that whole thing has come out of, you know, it's been a result of having to stop, slow down, and rethink. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's wonderful when it happens. It's it's not fun to go through on, on one hand, but it's it is a gift. It's always a gift in yeah. some way.
0: And I love the fact that you call it a gift as well. You're embracing it, and the, I think that that helps you move forward um, yeah. rather than going, "Well, that was a problem," and and remain stuck in that problem. I think that it's a gift helps you move forward with it, and I think it's yeah. it takes a lot of courage. So good on you.
1: Mm, thanks.
0: So, the other thing that we love to ask our woman of inspiration as we wrap up the show is for uh, our woman of inspiration pick one word that best describes her personal brand so, what would be that one word for you, muffy?
1: Oh, let me think, let me think, let me think oh, just one um okay i i I would use the word energizing mm. energizing because I think that what I I think if I could step out of myself and look, or if I if I kind of hear the comments that come, you know, when I work with, with clients, it's about it's about giving them thus the, the sense of trust in themselves that they can move forward, that they can make change happen. You know, it's sort of an inspirational sensation of okay, I am an okay person, and I do have. Vision for who I'd like to be. I, there is a way I can step into that and I can start now. So I think maybe energizing. That's the word I would pick.
0: Mm, I love that very much. So yeah, you do have a lot of energy. And the other thing that we always love to ask our woman of inspiration as we wrap up the show is for you to leave our listeners uh, with three shiny golden nuggets. So what would you like to leave for our listeners today?
1: Oh, I love that. It's such a great concept. Okay. Well, I would say, first of all, no matter what your situation in life or at work, whatever it is, know that change is possible, right? So first of all, change is possible. The second nugget would be that all that requires is to take personal responsibility and start to make new choices. And lastly, probably just if we use that energizing word again in terms of your personal energy focus on on love on smiles on acceptance of others and the world will just turn into a beautiful place to be you know just shifting your mindset around the way you perceive your life and the things in it has all the effect you can imagine
0: Mm, i love that i love the change the change is possible because quite often i um i come across and i don't know if it happens with you that sometimes i come across where people actually resist change yeah yeah and and it's almost like you have to talk them through that um you know the benefits of change, even if it's scary. Right now, yeah. it won't last, but you'll be thankful for pushing yourself and changing whatever the situation it is for you um, yeah. to come out on the other side. And, and it's 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 about walking through or dancing with that fear of change.
1: That's that's a lovely way to put it. I love it. It's about dancing through that fear of change. Perfect.
0: Mm-hmm. How gorgeous! Yeah, love it. <laughs> so, Murphy, how can our listeners find you? What would be the best place?
1: Well, I guess the easiest place is the website, and easy because it is just my name. So it's just www.muffychurches, and that's Muffy with a Y, M-U-F-F-Y, Muffy Churches, with an E-S. Yeah, Muffychurches.com. Simple as that. And there are little forms on there if you want to get in touch with me, send an email, or you know, I'm happy to give you a call right back. We can chat. Easy peasy. That's it. Yeah, oh,
0: love that. Easy peasy. I haven't heard that for a long time. Um, <laughs> for our listeners, I highly recommend check out Coach Yourself, the seven-step process uh, that uh, Muffy was kind enough to go through with us. Uh, so thank you so much, Muffy, for your time, your energy, your uh, just, uh, just your energy, just lots of fun. So thank you so much.
1: <laughs> Catherine, it's a pleasure. Thank you for the opportunity. It's been great chatting with you.
0: Thank you. That brings us to the end of another episode. I hope you enjoyed the show, as it is my mission to reach out and inspire as many individuals like you. And one of the best ways to help us achieve this goal is by giving us a good review on iTunes. It's easy, and it only takes about 10 seconds. If you have any questions or special guests that you would like to hear from, please send us an email to support at katherineplano.com.au and we will get right back to you. You can also follow us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook at Catherine Plano. That's it for now. Thanks for listening. Until next week, please take care.